0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. All right, we're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and welcome back to the show. Uh, a man who's had the best team in the WHL probably for the last three years. The problem is he didn't get a chance to see it through for the first two, but we welcome back to the show Kurt Hill. Hi, Kurt. How you doing? i'm doing well bob how are you good uh how different is this off season than past years
1: uh well it's a lot shorter i can tell you that much um but yeah you know a little different a little bit of a different feel you know it's uh you look at the board and it's uh, probably probably not the same that we've seen the last three years and you, obviously you don't have some of the elite uh the elite firepower coming back but uh you know, there's lots of optimism. There's a lot of young young players that uh, we have returning to our lineup next year that are going to be a big part of things here, and they're going to have some runway. You know, the, we had four 16-year-olds on the team last year that are all going to be
0: um, a large part of things here for the next three or four seasons. Well, you went for it. Uh, you made a bunch of trades, including, you know, going to get Caden Gooley uh, from the Prince Albert Raiders and uh, picked up uh, Luke uh, Pro cop as well from the Calgary Hitman and it made a pretty big deal with the Vancouver Giants. Of course, you had Dylan Gunther, first round pick of the Arizona Coyotes in 2021. You had Jake Neighbors, a first round pick of the St. Louis Blues, Sebastian Coassa played goal. I want to start kind of with you know, the first rounders in particular. At this time, have you received any communication back from the NHL organizations? As an example, a guy like Jake Neighbors, you know, he's it's been two years since he's been drafted. Has that sort of dialogue occurred? yet do you know where you're at with some of these guys? Yeah, well, you know, I think
1: within, in regards to the 20-year-olds, it's, it's a little bit more... Uh you know, I've had a little bit more firm communication from, them, like Gouli, Sertov, and, and neighbors. You know, we know those guys aren't going to be, aren't going to be returning next season. Um, you know, in regards to Kosa, it's uh, him being a goaltender, there's only so many spots. So, you know, I think all indications are that he's going to get an opportunity to be in the minors. But, uh, you know, I don't think that door is completely shut. But, you know, hoping that he can make the jump himself next year. And, uh, um, in regards to the Pro Cup, Nationals told me that he will he will be playing in the minors next year. So he's. Uh, the other one, I think that I didn't mention that'll be that'll be moving on, and obviously uh, with us moving with J- Jalen Lypton, he's uh, he's obviously in another club
0: now. Yeah, we'll get to that trade in a second. Uh, Dylan Gunther suffered a lower body injury, first round choice of the Arizona Coyotes, so he's still up in the air. Is that right?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a similar situation to neighbors. You know, Arizona hasn't called and say that uh, he's not going to be back. Um, so, uh, you know, I think Dylan's going to get every opportunity to, to, you know, potentially make the club down there this year. And, uh, you know, he's just in a little bit of a different situation where he can't go down to the American League. So unless he's playing in the NHL, he's, uh, he's back here. But, uh, you know, I, I, I would assume and, uh, you know, I think all things are pointing to him probably getting that nine-game trial.
0: Yeah. Uh, Look, I'm not a guy. I had this conversation once with Danny Dubé, who now does color from Montreal. He used to be the head coach at the University of Quebec Three Rivers. And he says, never look back and don't second guess. I mean, you went for it. I love that you went for it. You won the WHL championship. I've had a couple other people say, you know, unfortunately for Kurt, he might have even had a a, a different team, but uh, maybe not quite as high end, uh, uh, you know, world junior players. But uh, maybe a, a better, a deeper team the year before you didn't get a. Is there any, you kind of look back and go, oh, geez, I wonder what would have happened if we would have, you know, completed the nineteen twenty season or or played a WHL playoff in Memorial Cup in 2021?
1: Yeah, you know, sometimes I think about it and, you know, I think well, with, with how many guys we had returning the next year, it would have, it probably would have been looking a little bit different here than, than it does now right now in regards to the assets that we, we still have. I mean, we do, we definitely got to recoup some assets, but the fact that that the pandemic year that we didn't go out and, and add a big name player and, or two to that team to put us over the top, which we would have had to do. Right. I mean, you know, we were able to, use a little bit more assets for next year but you know we would have been forced again next year to continue to to continue to push and continue to add players which uh you know i think the, the cupboards would have probably been a lot uh, a lot emptier than than they are right now where you know i think we're in a spot now where don't get me wrong we spent uh, we spent some pretty significant assets but uh you know i think there's more of a, a realistic plan to recoup and uh you know, not go through a, a real long rebuild like some of the teams of, you know, Swift Current and some of those teams that have really gone all out before.
0: Kurt Hell's joining us. He's president and GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, Kurt, uh, we'll get to the changes in a second. I just I got to ask you about, you know, you have four first-round picks on the team that concluded the season. Caden Gooley, the closest guy to making the NHL, or do you think that's Jake Neighbors?
1: You know, I think uh, it's pretty close, I would say. At the end of the day, I mean, Gooley was an absolute beast when he got here. I think, you know, the fact that there's only six spots on D and there's 12 forward positions, I think Jake's probably going to have maybe a a little bit of a better chance. But at the same time, Montreal's going through a bit of a retooling right now. So it's... uh, it's got to be, very, it's really close between the two of them, and I'll be surprised if both of them aren't in the NHL, put it that way.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, there's changes, and since we last had you on this show, one of them's with the head coach. Uh, Brad Lauer gets the opportunity to return to the NHL as an assistant with the Winnipeg Jets. Luke Pierce has uh, been promoted from assistant coach to head coach, and then subsequent that, you bring in Serge Lajoie, who uh, I would suggest he's probably overqualified to be a WHL assistant coach. Certainly, uh, you know, he's already been a WHL head coach. He coached at the U of A and at Nate as a head coach. He's worked a lot with the local guys. Just a thought process on the combination of your coaching staff with Luke and uh, with Serge.
1: Yeah, I think, well, Luke, obviously, he's uh, been here the last four years and, and learning from Brad, and, you know, he brings a, a real diverse portfolio which just where he's been. You know, he's a guy that went to RMC. So he's got a military background and, you know, he came from tier two where he got to start in merit for many years. And then, you know, his first time through the, the WHL was, you know, he was dealt a pretty, pretty tough hand. And, um, you know, for him to get in a chance to come back and learn under Brad and, and, um, you know, learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, developing guys for pro hockey. I think that's going to be a real advantage. And, you know, I think, I think for Luke having a guy, with him, who has experience just like we had for brad when we brought luke in you know when you bring a coach in who has experience in the league who's local to the area and is very familiar with a lot of our players um you know there's no question that that experience that surge has and will bring to the group will be very helpful to um, luke and real helpful to the development of our players here moving forward which is you know it's going to be a key focus for us over the over the course of this season and, and, and moving into um a lot of young players here
0: yeah Lejoie was a, a pretty good defenseman uh back in the day do you envision him sort of taking on the reign with your younger d
1: yeah from all indications you know from the conversations with luke you know serge is going to run the pk and work with the d um you know luke will kind of run the power play work with the forward group and then uh, uh, yeah, we'll have some other obviously development coaches who who have been around the the organization. Uh, David Pelche and Curtis Muka, obviously working with respective positions as well. But yeah, Serge's primary uh, focus is going to be with uh, that uh, decor.
0: I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, in theory, you could have as many as eight of the top nine scores on the team, uh, not uh, not back next season. That that, that could happen. Now, uh, you did make a trade with uh, you mentioned Jalen Lytham. Uh, who was uh, the Chicago draft pick he ended up scoring 29 goals and 64 points in 66 games last year uh, just give me a thought process on what you got in the return in the deal with Bob Torrey and Tri-City
1: well I think obviously the big piece coming back for us is Rat Melnick he's uh, going to be an 18 year old this year in the, in the Western League and a guy that we're really familiar with come being from Fort Saskatchewan uh, he's a strong two-way playmaking forward, you know, it's his hockey sense, his IQ ability to move pucks on the power play. He's got, he's got excellent vision. You know, he's a guy that had 27 points last year for them. And, um, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of when we made the, made the Williams deal. We're banking on age a little bit here. And, yeah. You know, I think he could have a, he, he, you know, he could have a pretty good per, Increase next year, but you know, probably really banking on 19 and 20 him to be a you know around the point of game guy, and I don't see any reason why he can't get to those numbers. And then, um, Bryson and Andrag, uh, you know he's a he's a good sized defender. He's going to help you know with our younger D core. We didn't have too many older D returning this year, so I think he'll just kind of be a veteran presence back there. He's more of a stay at home guy. He plays with a little bit of grit and um, pretty good feet. Can move the puck. So just a nice pr- veteran presence back there for for some of the younger D and and then the pick. It's uh, the second round pick comes back that we used in the deal when we acquired Luke Prokop. So just uh, another way to you know recoup. Some of the assets that we spent last oh.
0: season. Kurt Hell is the jam of the Evans Oil Kings. Kurt, Logan Dohaniak went to uh, Oilers Development Camp. He is going to be one of your 20s this year, is he not?
1: Yeah, as of right now we got uh, Logan Dohaniak, Jackson Weave, and Carson Golder On
0: as 20-year-olds. Okay, uh, So uh, and, and Golder's an interesting guy because he can play both forward and defense.
1: Yeah, it was you know, it took him a little bit of time to kind of get his feet under him last season. I thought, and you know, but as, as we all, as we talked about with him, when we when it came down to the stretch and playoffs, it was it was really valuable being able to play him in both positions and just with uh, the uncertainty on some of the younger players and you know how how we know the injuries pile up in this league, especially with. Our, our our club having a real short summer with training and stuff like that it's uh you know he could be a pretty important player being able to play forward andy
0: all right kurt you mentioned that there was four 16 year olds uh that you're hoping to see some growth i'm going to assume one of those guys was cole miller cole miller yeah tell me about uh sort of his year it was a unique situation uh, you ended up getting him i think from lethbridge uh were you pretty happy with what you saw overall I thought he, I thought he got
1: better as the year went on. I, you know, I thought at the Memorial cup. Well, well, realistically at the Memorial cup, some of our best forwards were our, were our bottom six forwards. And I thought Cole, um, for being on a big stage like that, had a great tournament and, you know, you know, at times he made mistakes in the playoffs, like any young player is going to do. But, uh, I really was really happy with uh, his progression in the year. And he's, he's going to be leaned on heavily next season. He knows. And, you know, at his exit meeting, he's, he's aware of the challenges that are ahead. And, uh, you know he's focusing on having a good summer
0: to be ready for that well it's his draft year and he has a six foot four right shot center like uh that's sort of uh the unicorn for nhl general managers out there is getting those big rangy centers and we'll see where he goes it's going to you know, he's gonna be an interesting guy uh, should mention you got a couple players currently playing in the uh world junior championships your thoughts on that
1: yeah, Jakob Demick. Well, Demick and Kosa play against each other tonight. I thought Demick played. I thought he just had an okay game. The first game I talked to him, he wasn't happy about it. So, you know, I think he'll get, obviously, better as the tournament gets on. And Sebastian, um, you know, he had a pretty pretty good game la- the other night there against Latvia. And, uh, the other player we have in the tournament is Luca Hoff, our, our new German import player who hasn't played in the tournament yet. But, uh, Obviously, with the the tournament being last year, he's the only 17-year-old on on Team Germany. So I think it's a little bit of a learning experience to get him ready for uh, for their group uh, come
0: Christmas time. So what happens now for you guys? Just to wrap up, Kurt, over the between now and the start of uh, I guess your rookie camp, when does that get rolling? we get the rookie camp going on the
1: thirty first of uh, August, and then main camp September first. We got four, we're three weeks away, so lots of planning. Um, you know, a lot of focus will be put on Luke integrating Surge into into the into the club and. You know, it's uh, there's a player list freeze right now, so there there can be transactions, but they'll be pretty minimal. So it's uh, it's pretty quiet from that standpoint. It's everybody's just really doing a lot of planning and due diligence. And you know, camp comes quick, and then we we play Saskatoon in the exhibition game September seventh. So we're we're gonna be back at it really quick here.
0: All right, Kurt, great stuff. Thanks uh, for giving us an extended look at uh, the Edmonton Oil Kings offseason. Thanks a lot, Bob. Thanks for having me. You bet. That's Kurt Hill. He's the president and GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. It's 147 in Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Oilers Now. Bob, what about the potential? This text comes in on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. What about trading uh, for Will Borgen for Seattle for Tyson Berry? A serviceable defenseman saves over $3 million in cap space, helps both teams. Uh, The Seattle Kraken signed Justin Schultz to a $3 million deal for two years. That's who's going to run their power play. Okay. Tyson Berry signed a 3-year deal in Edmonton. Coming off a season in which he was the highest-scoring defenseman in the NHL with 48 points in 56 games. Uh, I would concede that he had some up-and-down moments during the course of the 21-22 season. I thought he, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, if you feel this to be the case, but I think he and Brett Kulak were a real good pairing together in the playoffs, Kulak and Barry. I think Barry played his best hockey, and he was involved in two of the biggest goals of the playoffs uh, against the LA Kings, In game number six, he scored the game-winning goal. And against the Calgary Flames, in game number four, uh, it was his point shot that Ryan Nugent Hopkins deposited home after Mike Smith had that uh, lost the goal in the lights on the long-range bomber from Rasmus Anderson where he never picked it up. So, um, you know, I, I don't see a Borgen deal making sense for Barry. Uh, again, you can text us seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Josh says I agree. Kulak and Barry were good, but are you not worried about Broberg being paired with Barry? Who says Broberg's ultimately going to be with Barry? I don't know who's going to be paired together. Uh, and Dave Manson, I did bump him into him uh, Sunday night, and he wasn't giving me any uh, insight into it as well. Uh, I, I guess the you know, I don't think you can play Broberg and Bouchard, can you? I don't know if you can do that. Do you play Nurse with Bouchard and Broberg with CeCe and then keep Kulak and Barry together? I don't know. You tell me. You can text us at 780-496-0063. Excuse me. We are going to go to this day in Oilers history, and it's time for a little bit of a story. Uh, it is brought to you by New West Travel, who will have a couple Oilers now road trips coming up. Uh, potentially, I'm thinking we should go to Montreal. It's me. I think we should go to Montreal. Why not? It's a special experience, and it's in Canada. And by that point, we'll eventually be able to fly around in Canada with far less difficulty than we currently have. Here we go. On this date back in 2006, and I remember this quite well, Siki, Peter Sikora, uh, signed a one-year contract, $2.9 million, With the Edmonton Oilers, in his only season in Edmonton, the Czech uh, native registered 53 points in 82 regular season games. He ended up in Pittsburgh in free agency in the following offseason. He scored 20-plus goals. Um, So here's the deal. Peter Sakora was supposed to go number one in his draft here at one point. He ended up suffering a shoulder injury and fell, plummeted, and New Jersey got him at, like, I don't know, 17 or so. But he spent time in Edmonton. Uh, Rich Winter was his agent, and he spent a lot of time here. I met him, actually, uh, with John Sexmith at an establishment back in the mid-1990s. I'm like, what the heck are you doing? So... Fast forward to 2006, and I'm at the other station at the time, and i this is before Twitter, and I'd gone on the air and said that the Edmonton Oilers were closing in on a deal with Peter Sikora. And an individual who is currently in this building at that time said, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I've not heard this. And then the next day, the Evans Oilers announced the signing of Peter Sikora. So it was, a, it was a funny moment, and I I would never mention that on-air talent. He's not currently uh, in the radio business uh, on a full-time basis, but he's a real good guy. He has worked in the hockey business, and it was just a funny story. Uh, it's a small world, and sometimes, uh, sometimes you hear things, and I don't think this individual was quite aware of, Maybe how far the hooks were in at that point. Got to talk to people. Got to got to work on it. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports tonight from six to eight. He was stuck. He couldn't get any better. Anybody better? So I will be joining them at seven thirty. Special thanks to Derek Scott. Tomorrow, Brendan S. Scott will be hosting the show, as I will be at the 6.30 Chid uh, Gary Drager uh, Golf Tournament. Looking forward to that. Up next, the global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson, followed by Rob Rakenrich from 2 to 3, then 6.30 Chid Afternoons, with guest host Ted Henley. Have a terrific Thursday, everybody.